The Lord has really stirred me to start a new series tonight, and it was really a little bit different direction, but it really fits with what is in my heart. It, it is, I can't, it's hard to even vocalize this, the importance of you and I making decisions in our life to walk out this relationship with Jesus, it is so important. Because the times that we are living in, this world is really moving. Satan knows he has a little time. He is yelling and screaming and he is doing everything he can because he knows his time's about up. He's about to be annihilated and he wants to take as many people with him. And these are, these are the days, though, that it's going to be multiplied blessing in the church. These are the days when you're going to do a lifetime of ministry in a very short period of time. These are the days where you're going to see something that you were, it was, you were believing God where it would normally, you'd be believing God for a long time. You're going to see God compress time frames. He wants to do big things in your life. There, you know, I get an, I, I just have an overwhelming sense in my spirit that, that God is wanting you to know him so intimately so that you will jump out of the boat into what he has for you. And I'm telling you, this ride, have no fear about what's going on in this world because you and I are protected by God. We are provided for by the Lord and you're going to see provision, protection, health, healing at a degree that you've never seen before. And so get excited about that. Don't, you know, when you listen to some of the junk going on in the world, right, just, just verbally say, no, I'm a world overcomer. The greater one lives on the inside of me, right? We, we know from the word of God, God says, I'll never allow you to be tempted beyond what you, what you can bear. What that means is if you see an enemy in your life, the only reason you can see an enemy in your life is because God knows you can take victory over in that. You'll never see something in your life that'll be bigger, right? He just won't allow that. Isn't that good news? So tonight, I want to take some time, and uh, we've talked about this. If you'll, if you'll look at the history of our church, we, I, the Holy Spirit purposely brings this to our attention but we're going to go very much into it again because everything that God wants to do in your life is going to revolve around the words that you speak. You're never going to see anything in your life that you haven't spoken of first. Your life, I mean, you'll never get away from the fact that God's dealing with us is very clear. He deals with us according to his word and according to our word. So if we ever line up our words with what he says, then he is unhindered and he can get everything over to us. And I'm telling you, these are days of, of freedom beyond anything you've ever seen. These are going to be days where time frames are going to be compressed and you're going to see God move in a way that you're just going to be blown away by in your own life. And it's going to be a witness, right? So let's get into this. The importance of your confession. And when we say confession, I want you to think of confession. This is the Greek word for confession in the Bible. It is homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. What does that mean? When I talk about your confession, we're Christians, we are to only say what God says. We're to say the same thing that God says. So if he says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then that means when you're in a situation and it looks like, man, there's nothing but failure all around me, that's where you look at it and you declare in the name of Jesus, it is written, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. If you get in a situation where you get a diagnosis that is, listen, we're very sorry, you have to die. There's nothing we can do. That's where you rise up in that. I mean, thank the doctor, thank the specialist. Hey, thank you, appreciate it. And then you turn around and as you're walking around, Father, I thank you that it is written, right? I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. No man takes my life. No disease takes my life, right? Why? Because we've been given authority, right? So let's talk about this thing. Go to John chapter 6 in verse 63. This will help you because if you could see, first of all, when the, what the enemy does, when you have your eyes on Jesus, when you get full of the word, you will speak the word. When you take your eyes off Jesus, what happens is you stop speaking the word. And it usually starts by you're not saying anything. But then it will end up where you start speaking what you're seeing. The circumstances, what he's doing, next thing you know, your belief gets all messed up. But I'm telling you, God has created you. His words, his words are life. His words, it's not ink on a page. It is the very essence and life of who God is. His words will turn you on from the inside out. And I'm telling you, there's a place in him where he, all of your words get sifted through the word of God. And you're not going to allow a thought to hit your mind. If it's contrary to the word, you are going to take it captive. And don't feel like you've got to know all the word. You have the greater one on the inside of you who will bring all things to your remembrance. So let's look at this. John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, it is the spirit that quickens. It is the spirit, that Greek word quickens, that makes alive. Right? He's telling, he's telling us, listen, it is the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus is talking. He says, they are spirit. In other words, his words make alive. Right? Have you ever done some stupid stuff in your life and destroyed some things? His words can make them alive. His words can cause Everything that the enemy has stolen from you to be brought back. His words can restore your very life. Your body, your finances, your life. His words are spirit. It's, it's, literally, it, it's, it, it's literally the word pneuma. It literally means breath. His words are full of life. And they are life. That's zoe. That's the Greek word zoe, the very essence of life that God has. See, we learn, and we'll get into this, but when God says something, what, what is within his words, because they're full of life, when he says, be strong in the Lord, hearing that literally enables you to be strong in the Lord. When he says to you, all things are possible to you who believe, it enables you to go, wow, everything's possible if I believe. His words are enablement. His words are full of life. Think about it. I, we don't even know how many years ago this happened. I, I, well, I think they think it's what, maybe 15 to 17 billion years ago where God said, light be, right? They, they've called it the Big Bang Theory before, you know, but secular humanism, they, they don't want to, now it's, evolution's looking more and more stupid every day, so now they, they've come up with this term intelligent design, right? But they don't want to say it's God. But man, when he said light be, the universe start, was created, and, it's, and it, today, it's still going. We know that. 
His word never loses power. So when he says, listen, I have redeemed you, Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing has redeemed you from the curse of the law, that literally wakes you up to go, wow, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. When you hear his words, it, it births faith. You become fully persuaded that what he said is yours. His words are full of life and full of power. His words are spirit. They're not just sounds, right? His words are alive. Satan does not want you to know that. Do you know you can change everything in your life with your words? Everything. Because literally, if you think about it, Jesus gave us all authority. He literally came out of the grave and said, listen, all authority in heaven, on earth, and under the earth has been given to me. Now you go and use my name. And wherever my name is, we, we, we're talking about the name of Jesus with the men, right? E.W. Kenyon made a statement in one of his book, The Wonderful Name of Jesus. On page 27, he said this about the name of Jesus. All that he ever was, all that he is, all that he will ever be is in that name right now. And you have been given the honor and the privilege and the right to use the name of Jesus. And that name is greater than all the stupidity that you've ever walked in. It's greater than any addiction you and I have ever had. It's greater, it's greater than any mess you could ever make. His name can come and change it all. His words are never... This, this book called the Bible, this is why, this is how you know God. Why? Because this is him. Jesus is the word. And he is life. Right? He's spirit and he is life. When God speaks, you've got to know this, he's, go, he's, he's sending his word to do something, to accomplish something. God doesn't speak idle words. Right? If he says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, then you are. Right? I mean, if he, whatever his word says... I'll meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And it's all going to come to you through my son or through the word of God. Right? So literally, the game is this. It's to become good ground and to stay good ground. And how you do that is you live believing his word in your heart and speaking his word out of your mouth. And you are no longer moved by the outside. I'm only moved by the inside now. Okay? God's words, they're going out to do something. They're going out to enable you to go do something. God's words, in other words, are spiritual containers. What do they contain? They contain the very essence and life of God. They contain Him. Isn't that amazing? They go out to rescue to deliver, to make safe, to make you sound and whole. That's what his words are going out to do. So we have to, this is why, I, what, the reason why we're teaching on this is because as you get the word of God in your heart, what, the first thing it will start doing is it will start, it will start adding weight to your words. Because you've got to grow to where when you speak in the name of Jesus, you expect it to happen. Right? I mean, you know, this is, this is where a lot of people are. Mental ascent. You got this massive headache. Well, Father, in Jesus' name. Headache, I just received my healing. Headache, you got to leave in Jesus' name. Your head's, you're laying on your bed. It's going... Right? And you're, say, you're, you're thinking in your, in your own self. You're like, wow, that didn't work. Well, maybe I'll try it again. But when you know his words are full of life, you say, headache, you got to go. 
I know you could hear me, fever. I know you could hear me, headache. You have to leave in the name of Jesus because the word of God tells me that I've been given authority in that name and now whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. Right? Of things or beings in heaven, of things or beings on the earth, of things or beings under the earth, they all have to bow to the name of Jesus. I know that, and if it's a headache and headache, I know you know that. Now leave my body in Jesus' name. Leave my child's body in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, right? It just adds weight. Do you know all of this is written so that you will know who you've been made in Christ? We, religions tried to turn it around to make it a bunch of do's and don'ts, but this is all just about falling in love with Jesus. Why? Because you know how much he loves you and knowing that he will watch over his word. He's already given you everything, but now it's in the spirit realm. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, but it doesn't, it's not going to do you any good here right now. So faith is the vehicle by which it comes to you. So when you say in the name of Jesus, it brings him on the scene to give it to you? No, it's already yours. He, he comes on the scene to perform it. To perform it in your life. And we have to know that. So another great scripture is Matthew chapter 4 in verse 4. Again, Jesus, he's being tempted of the devil, right? It's interesting that he starts his earthly ministry out by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Why? To show him that what he has been given in the person, the power, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was upon him without measure. What he had been given is greater than anything he'll ever face. So here he is, he's fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. He's living out in the wilderness. I mean, that's supernatural in itself. Because you know there's wild animals out there, there's all kinds of stuff. And at his weakest moment, which he was weak physically because he didn't eat for 40 days, he was not weak spiritually. But when the enemy comes tempting him, he responds in strength with the word of God. Right? In other words, he was letting the word of God do his battle. Because everything bows to the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. So here in Matthew 4, 4, you know, here's Satan going, listen, I mean, at, after 40 days of not eating, what happens? Medical science tells us starvation sets in and you have to eat or you're going to die. So you are hungry beyond compare. When he started fasting, if you've ever fasted, do a three-day fast. It's brutal. Because the first three days are horrible. After that, your hunger starts to go away. Right? In all my life as a Christian, I've never fasted more than three days. I've always got my answer. Probably because I wanted to eat. And I finally, I'm like, okay, shut up, flesh. Okay, I got my answer, now I could go, you know, right? No, no, but a 40-day fast, he's starving now. And the enemy comes to him and goes, hey, command that these stones be made bread. You know, that was a temptation, which tells me he could have commanded the stones to become bread. And he could have had some, I mean, could you imagine when he said bread? Jesus is going, wow, growing up, my mom made the best bread. He have you ever thought about food and you could like smell it almost, right? But he responded out of his spirit and look at what he said. He said and he answered, he said, it is written. Now he's going to quote Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. And he says, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives. You got to get this. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3 even says... Out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, man, shall man live. It even ends it again with that. In other words, if you're not, if you're not believing the word and speaking the word, you're not going to be able to experience the life that God has given you.
You'll be like living like a fish out of water. You know, running around and people are quoting these things like they're quoting scripture. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. That's not a scripture. Well, you know, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. No, that's not a scripture. It is written, all the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen, or so be it unto me. Right? God's ways are not our ways. Yeah, here's the other thing. Yep, does it say that? Yeah. But keep reading. But he reveals all of these things by his spirit. Right? Every word that God speaks is full of life, it is full of faith, and it is full of creative power. So if you speak his words out of your mouth that you believe in your heart, the words that you're speaking will be full of life. They will be full of faith and they will be full of creative power. Are you the creator? No, he is. When God says be, he is sending something. Right? Be healed. Be free. Right? He's sending something. He's releasing something. What, why is he releasing and sending something? For this purpose, to change something. Right? When you release, when you stand up and release God's word, Father, I believe I receive my healing. Arthritis, you have to go because I am healed. You are literally releasing something. You're releasing the very word of God that will begin to change your physical body. You can speak words to change your marriage, to change your parenting. You could, you could speak words to restore things in your life. Right? Everything gets down to our words. Everything that God speaks comes to pass. Everything. And God has given us as his children the privilege of being able to say his word. God's word, he's not just expressing himself. He's not just communicating. He is going out to accomplish something. And that's the way he wants you to live. You need to look at your life. I hope, I hope as we're in this series, I hope you look at your life and you write down these areas that are not lining up and saying, no more. I'm not going another year with this being like this. Right? My body is changing to come in line with the Word of God. My finances are changing to come in line with the Word of God. I am changing to come in line with the Word of God, right? I'm no longer going to have an addiction in my life. I'm no longer going to be beaten down. I'm no longer going to feel worthless. God's words are enablements. This is so important that we know this. So if you look at Genesis, go back to Genesis chapter 1, in verse 28, look at what, look at what God did. Genesis 1, 28, he says this in the creation, and God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and there's a really interesting word, and replenish the earth. In other, in, in other words, this word replenish in the Hebrew language, it means bring life back to this place that was once alive. Right? Replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue the earth. This literally means to conquer. This means to put under, put the earth under permanent subjection where it is disabled to ever rebel again. Why did he have to say that? Subdue the earth. Because Satan was here. There was something here before Adam and Eve. It wasn't human. But when Satan got cast out of heaven, he messed the whole thing up. He destroyed, the Bible says, cities. All kinds of stuff, crazy stuff. 
That's a whole different study. But there was something here before Adam and Eve. And then, see, God didn't create the earth void. It says the earth became without form and void. But now he has man here, but he tells him, you subdue it, you conquer it. What was he? He was saying to Adam and Eve, listen, when that little serpent, that deceiver comes to you and tries to get you to live your way and not my way, you subdue it. You, you conquer him. You have authority in the earth. Don't you listen to him? Not only do you tell him to get out, you strip him and you just smack him in the face and go, you, you can't even come back and do anything. But what did Eve do? She listened to him. Don't ever listen. If, if a thought hits your mind that does not line up with the word of God, it is from the enemy and he is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's playing for keeps. Right? We just don't allow that stuff. The more, you, the more revelation you walk in, the more you get to know who God is, the more he reveals himself, the more weighty these things become. Subdue it and have dominion. Man, we got all these preachers out there talking about how God's sovereign. Man, you know, God said you have dominion, man. You know what dominion means? The right and the power to rule. It literally means sovereign authority. What? You mean the first thing he told Adam and Eve is I am giving you sovereign authority in the earth. Now they messed it all up. But Jesus got it all back. So in other words, you have dominion right now. Isn't that amazing? And you could take God's words and literally bring him right on the scene and he loves it. Because he loves it when we line up with him. Right? What is the Lord's prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Well, guess what, guys? The kingdom's here. And therefore, his will is going to be done. And the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God. This is a kingdom that will never end. And Jesus is the head of it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. All you guys that like to fish, that's awesome, right? Over the fowls of the air. Man, all you hunters, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Wow. In creation, so let's look at this. In creation, Adam and Eve were created speaking spirits that were made in the image and likeness of their father, of their God. They weren't God. They were small g. God gave them small g, God of this world, they were to rule and have dominion here as he has in heaven. And he would come down and talk with them every day and teach them how to do that. Right? So now they were speaking spirits. They were designed to use their words to accomplish God's plan of what? Being fruitful, multiplying, and replenishing the earth and subduing it, and having dominion. Don't forget that. What are you supposed to do in your life right now? You are to take the name of Jesus, and you are to be fruitful, and multiply. If he's, if he's stolen from you, you are to replenish what he's stolen from you. You are to subdue and conquer with the words of God. You are to have dominion, exactly like Adam and Eve, although this is better. You don't have to wait for the cool of the day. He lives in you. This is a better day for us. In other words, their words were to reflect God's heart, God's mind, and God's will. See, so many of us are running to the Lord and we're just like, because we're really in need and we've got some situations. Listen, if you're sick tonight, if you're in lack, if you're depressed, if you're in fear, if you have any addiction, he has no legal right to do that to you. 
It's not even who you are. Your, your spirit has been circumcised from your flesh, so sin is never to dominate you. But God can't do anything if you won't believe him, stand up, and, and speak it. What is the language of faith? Romans tells us, doesn't it? Calling those things that be not as though they were. Right? We got a bunch of Christians going, well, I can't say that stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm broke. Well, okay. If you look at your checkbook and you look, but God tells you, no, don't look at that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. What does the word said? say? It says the blessing of God makes rich. It says that God has given you how many things? All things richly to enjoy. He said the blessing of Abraham is on you. So if a believer would actually believe that, you realize we're believers? You are every fiber of who you are believes God. We're just distracted. And we start looking at stuff because we get too busy, and then, or we start, we start trying to go forward, looking in the rearview mirror, right? Could you imagine an Olympic sprinter, 100-meter sprinter? Have you ever seen these, these ladies and these guys? I mean, they just look like speed. But could you imagine for the greatest sprinter of all time, was it Manute Bolt? I think he was one of the top guys. Could you imagine if, he, I mean, this guy... Faster than anybody. Right? What's that? Oh, Manute, that's the tall dude. Yeah. I met him one time. I met him in New York City. Manute Bolt. He was like 7'6". I was in my uh, little cubicle thing with my... See, this is your fault. So, and we had a wall, you know, three wall or two walls going around. Then there was another booth here. And I saw, I saw this basketball player. I'm like, that's, that's Manute Bolt. I mean, his whole head was above the thing. So he walked around a corner. I walked up to him and said, hi. I shook his hand. I thought it was three years old. I'm like, hi, I'm Tony. You know, it was hilarious. But what's the guy's name, the sprinter? Okay, Bolt, that guy. So, but could you imagine if he ran, if he ran looking backwards? Could you imagine, he'd get disqualified because he'd run out of his lane. But even if he could stay in his lane, he would be so much slower. In other words, he would, he would get results that were not indicative for who he was. Why am I saying that? So Christian, give yourself a break starting right now. Never look back in your rearview mirror. Right? Because the only way to press forward is you've got to forget what's behind you. So this is so, so very important. Their words were to reflect God's heart, God's mind, but after the fall, their words, what did they reflect? Sin and death. See, that's, but Jesus has made you brand new. Wow. So let's jump over to Proverbs 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2. Proverbs chapter 3. Let this sink in. I want to encourage you, let this, listen to this message over and over. I dare you to sit down with your Bible and take, take what notes you have, or if you're not taking notes, get a pad of paper, sit down with your Bible, listen to this, pause the CD or whatever, and write notes, outline this, and get this in you. Until all of a sudden, you wake up and go, wow, my words have weight when I speak his words. Right? This is so important. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. He says, my son, forget not my law. So that's Old Testament. How would we read that under the light of who we are in New Testament truth? My son, never forget my word. Don't forget it, right? But let your heart keep my commandments. We try so hard 
to get our flesh to keep his word. But it becomes easy when you let your heart, you allow your heart to lead you. Boy, there's a lot of revelation in there of walking free right there. Hmm. That was worth coming out tonight, right? For length of days and long life, but look at this, and peace shall they add to thee. Wow. Not forgetting God's word, letting your heart, who you are, in other words, you fill your heart with God's word, and God's word will literally lead you and guide you. If you'll do that, it'll add length of days, but it says, and long life. Isn't that the same thing? No. I believe this length of days thing is really for 2022, 2023. God will lengthen your days. Do you know how many people don't put God first because they're too busy? But I'm here to tell you, you put God first. You, you sit down and put your whole schedule around him. And it'll lengthen your day. You'll get more done. You'll become more successful. You will do more because he will lengthen your days. Doesn't he direct your paths? Right? Doesn't the word say that? Length of days and a long life. But, you know, a long life stinks if you're sick broke, right? You're in turmoil. Who would want to live to 120? Just, oh man, I got to wake up another day, right? No, no, but peace shall they add to you. Who lengthens your day? The word, God's words. Who gives you a long life? God's words. Who gives you peace? God's words. Wow, isn't that amazing? They add all these things to you. The word does the work. Stop trying to do the work. We got to let the word do the work. So let's jump down to Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 20. A scripture we've probably never looked at in this church. At least since Sunday, maybe. I don't know, right? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Look at what he's saying here. My son, attend to my words. My son, make my word first place in your life. Give, your, give my words your full attention. My son, make my words, your final authority. When I look at what I'm facing, what does the word say? Because that's the final authority. I'm not going to respond on anything but what his word says. I'm not going to take any less than what his word says. I'm going to give it my first, first place. Listen to, recognize the reality of the truth of God's word and then take action based on his word. Right? Let me say that again. Listen to and recognize the reality of God's word and then take action in line with his word. His word will show you where you are and his word will literally be the lamp to your feet and the light to your path. It'll show you what to do. We need that in these days. Why do bad things happen to good people? I could add another chapter to that book. Number one, don't, don't buy a book like that. Nobody's going to write a book like that. That's, that's, it's, it's not going to be full of scripture. I, I wish Now, there has been some. There's been some people that have went through really hard times that, that have wrote a book along those lines and it's full of the word and it'll produce life. Um, 99 of them 
The other 99 are just going to tell you what God, you know, how he has a different plan for your life. That, and there's no scripture because it's unscriptural. All right? I think there was a teacher at Rama, Karen Jensen, wrote a book and done a really good job in that. But here's step number one. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because Satan is here. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because good Christian Filled with God, people get off their path. Satan draws them off their path, and all of a sudden, they're in a neighborhood that they should not be in. Right? I remember uh, in the 80s, of being in New York City, and, and I remember when Pastor Mark and I were in New York just a few years ago, I'm like walking, I hadn't been there since the 80s. And I'm walking around going, Wow. This place is, you know, I feel pretty safe in the 80s. Wow. It was kind of crazy. And I'd go down neighborhoods. I had one, there was a gang in New York City called the Guardians or something. They would do, they'd help people. One time I was walking down this side street, because I just walk around and after the whole day at a convention and all these meetings, I am, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I'm a night owl. So at 1030, I wake up. So I'm, from 10.30 to about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm walking around witnessing to people, right? 20, 25, 26 years old, don't know anything, right? Walking around, witnessing to people. Man, I could tell you some stories. I had some good times. One time, a couple of these gang members came up to me and said, hey, um, you're not from around here, are you, right? And I'm like, nope, you know, from the other coast, right? And they're like, well... There's a lot of crack houses here, and there's a lot of, you know, this is really a dangerous place, so you need to, you need to get, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I go, I go, the Spirit of God tells me where to go, and I, I feel really safe here, and they're like, okay, that's awesome, well, you, you know, so then I was talking to them about the Lord, man, they invited me back to their house, they had this house, we had a Bible study in their house, it was awesome with all these guys, but they're, you know, Sometimes I'd, I'd turn off the main roads and I'd go down and all of a sudden I'd go, yep, yeah, nope, turn around and go back, right? You got to be led, right? The city I grew up in as a kid, Chicago, there are neighborhoods, downtown now, it's probably different now because it's kind of whacked out there now, but I mean, from before, downtown was just beautiful, but go a few blocks out of downtown, right? Tim knows. I mean, people will shoot at you from, from high-rises. Yeah, bad neighborhoods, right? Well, bad things can happen to you if you get there, but this is the thing. God's word will direct you. If you'll believe it, fill your heart with it, and speak it out of your mouth. Do you know you can speak the word of God that the Holy Spirit tells you to speak? And it might be a scripture of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. Or whatever. Or I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. All this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you can get an idea for a business. Or, you can, or, or all of a sudden, it'll come out of your spirit. Something you should do for your husband or your wife that'll just breathe life. Or something that you can do. Call them right tomorrow at 10 o'clock. And all of a sudden, you get restored to one of your kids. I mean, it's amazing how the Word can do this because God knows everything. Our pastor in California, they spent a lot of money, bought a piece of property, and all of a sudden, the town that they were in in Southern California, uh, the mayor stopped the whole thing and said, you can't build a church on this piece of property. That's bad, right? People raise money, and here you're starting in this, and you're talking about losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, and, and all of a sudden you find out afterwards that they tell you, oh, they changed, now you can't build a church here. That's, that's not comfortable, right? I mean, you know, he's in his office. Our pastor's in his office one day, like at 6 o'clock at night. And the Lord tells him, call the mayor of Irvine's office right now. 6 o'clock. Have you ever tried to call the mayor of Omaha at 6 o'clock? Guess what? She might be there, but you, first of all, you're never going to get her. But second of all, after 5, 
there's hours, and those hours, it's just done, right? So he calls, and the mayor of this town in Southern California answers. He just happened to be walking by the desk. The phone rang. He thought, well, I'll just pick it up. And, and so our pastor's going, hey, why are you stopping this thing? We've been, you know, all this stuff. And he goes, he goes oh, I'm not stopping it. And there were other people. And he goes, he goes hey, Mike, I apologize, man. I'll take care of this. And within 24 hours, they had approval. So instead of getting stressed, what did he do? He just keeps speaking the word, speaking the word. And the word, it's just what we said here. You listen to, you recognize the reality of the word of God, and then you take action. What is that action? The Holy Spirit will prompt you. Like he had a desire to call the mayor. Where did that come from? That came from God. Right? Look at this. Let them, verse 21, my words not depart from your eyes. That means if the word of God does not depart from your eyes, that means you are only seeing what the word says about you. Right? If you don't let the words depart from your eyes, that that means you're never going to entertain this nonsense that's going on right? You know, you could be facing something physical and you go and get a report from a doctor and, it, and you're believing God and all of a sudden they tell you, oh my gosh, this thing's gotten a lot worse. If that rocks you, guess what? You let the word depart from your eyes. Because if the word has not departed from your eyes and you're walking around and all you see is you're redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease and you're feeding on that and you're speaking that, when that happens, you stop and go, wait a minute, no. I reject that report in the name of Jesus. I declare it is written, right? And that's how you walk free. Because the root of everything that, that's to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, the root of it is spiritual. The root of every physical disease is spiritual. It's satanic. The root of all poverty and lack is spiritual. It's satanic. And if you speak the word, you'll break the root, and you'll dry that thing up from the root. Or I should say it correctly, the word of God will dry it up from the root. Right? Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Keep them, keep my words, in the midst or the center of your heart. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. See, this word find means I've attained something by being in motion. It doesn't mean I attained something because I'm just sitting waiting. No, I'm in motion. I never let the word of God depart out of my mouth, right? The Holy Spirit, I'm sensitive to him because I'm not freaked out and he's leading me what to say and where to go, what, what to do. When I, when I hear a diagnosis or when I hear the doctor's plan, I'll know, okay, you know what? Yeah, I could go ahead this way with what they're saying. They could say something else. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, we're not doing that, right? I mean, the word will tell you what to do. It says, for they are life. My words are life to those that find them. See, you arrive at them because you've been in motion. It means that you've literally made God's word part of your heart. The series I thought we were going to do that, that I've been studying on, I'm so excited, I'm sure the Lord will release me. It's, it's a series on, on literally what the word says, how you could fall in love with Jesus. How that, how that it's, it's John 14, 21. You know, if you, if you do his word, the father will come and he'll come and he'll manifest himself. See, as Jesus manifests himself to you, he's so irresistible. He's so everything that it goes from religion to relationship and now everything works. They are life to those that find them, health 
unto all their flesh. Health. This is a masculine noun in the Hebrew language. It indicates health. It indicates healing and a remedy. It refers to the restoration, the cure, or the renewal of an, of an illness. This Hebrew word means medicine, it means healing, it means it's a cure. The Word of God is your cure. Verse 20, or let, let, me, let me read this again. Verses 20 through 22, I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. It's not a translation, it's just a paraphrase. But man, they just bring out this Hebrew meaning of these words real simple. You know, we, we talk about the NIV sometimes. I give the NIV a hard time. And it pains me sometimes when I have to use the NIV because they do such a good job. I hardly ever use the Living Bible. As a matter of fact, I, I can't remember the last time that I did. But in this verse, it does a really good job. So pray for me. It says, listen, son of mine, to what I say. Listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in your mind, or ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. The Amplified Classic says it this way. My son, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Be willing. That's a big part. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to believe God. Let's say you know, let, let's say for instance you have diabetes or let's say you have arthritis that, that is attacking your body, or whatever, and you're believing God for that. But do you realize that the Word of God, as you meditate in the Word, it's not just restoring that. It brings healing and health to all your flesh. You know, being healed of cancer when you know you have cancer, that's awesome. But it's going to be amazing when we get to heaven to realize, man, the enemy attacked me with this. I never even knew I had it, and the word eradicated it because I, I, I found the word of God. That's how come, you know, when you, every day it should be part of your life. Father, I thank you. Right now I receive afresh and anew your healing power coming right out of my spirit from the Holy Spirit. For it is written in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the same spirit, that raised you from the dead, Lord Jesus, is right now in me, quickening, healing, restoring the health, making whole my mortal body. Right? Father, right now I thank you that your healing power is working to bring me to radiant health. If there's any sickness, if there's any disease, if there's anything that started, I thank you that your healing power is driving it out right? This is, this is the Word of God. So when you look at these scriptures, verses 20 through 22, God defines life. L life is when you incline your ears and eyes to God's Word and put it in your heart. That's life. Life is not when you have it all on the outside. No, no, no. Life is when you make a decision to incline your ears and your eyes to the Word of God. That's life. God's Word, in other words, now this is a big thing, God's Word will minister to you beyond what your mind is comprehending about the Word. This is spiritual. Like right now, we're all receiving this word. But I'm here to tell you, the word that you're receiving, you have a measure of understanding, but there is so much more. It'll minister to you beyond what you understand. 
Isn't that good news? So you must have faith in God's word. You must receive God's word for it to work for you, for it to work in you. You, have, you literally, you have to. You have to have faith and you have to receive it. It doesn't just work automatically. It couldn't because then God would have to violate your will. You have to, you have to say yes to him, right? Verse 21 of Proverbs chapter 18, it's starting to give us a little insight now. Let's transition just a little bit. Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us another truth. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are in the, it's the Hebrew, it, it's the Hebrew uh, word, it's a feminine noun, yad, Y-A-D. Death and life are in the power, in the yad of the tongue. This word literally means, in the, it, it, it literally gives you a picture that your tongue hands you things. Do you know your tongue will hand you life or your tongue will hand you death? See, Satan can't, Satan can't take you out. He has to get you to take you out. Oh, he'll give you the poison, but he's got to get you to take it. Your, your words, your words, your tongue will hand you things. It literally means the power the direction. See, your mouth is your steering wheel. If you're in death right now, it'll steer you into life. This is why I tell single people, if you desire to be married, speak the word of God. You don't have to go on Christian Mingle, unless, of course, the Lord directs you to go on Christian Mingle. If he doesn't direct you, please don't. Because you're going to have all kinds of creepy Christians <laughs> distracting you, right? Why not let your mouth hand you your husband or hand you your wife? God had to bring my wife from Fairfield, Iowa to Southern California. And I even left the church prematurely that he was sending her to, but then I left. I had to come back to meet her. So that I'm, then I could go back to the other church. I mean, in other words, I would have messed this deal up and missed all of this. But the word did it. See, when you try to do something, you'll mess it up. But the word will do it. Have you ever had God move and all of a sudden you get the greatest thing in your life and you're like, man, I didn't really do anything for this and to be honest with you I kind of was messing it up a little bit but you kept speaking the word I'm telling you you keep the word in your heart coming out of your mouth it will eventually straighten everything up God will get everything over to you I'm a living example of that now he hasn't gotten everything over to me yet there's still a lot more but I'm telling you I grow every day Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, whatever is in your life right now was handed to you by past words that you spoke. That's okay. Take that responsibility. Because when you realize that that's the truth, then you could go, great, I am not saying that junk anymore, and I'm going to say, what the word says so that I can get the desires of my heart. Right? Psalm chapter 17. We're kind of coming down here. Just a few more minutes. The more you do this, the hungrier you'll be, the less you'll be concerned. You won't be sitting here going, man, I got to get home. It's Wednesday night. You'll be so hungry, all of a sudden you'll go home and you'll be like, i got to get in the Word for three or four more hours. And then you'll wake up at three o'clock and you're just like, I just want to know Him, I just want to know Him. You'll get rid of this. I just want to learn something so I could get something fixed in my life. There's no life in that one. Psalm 7, and the reason why there's no life in it is because you let it go. You'll just let it go. You have, you're too distracted. 
I like what Joe Morris says. Because we're living at the end of the age, church is not to be part of your life. It is your life. I am the church. Guess what? You're at, you're at church tonight. Guess what? When you go home and lay down, you're at church. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you are at church. Man, you want demons trembling. Every time you walk in a restaurant, and, and here's this server that, man, is just bound and going through all this, and all of a sudden, those little demons assigned against her are like, oh, no, man, they're going to sit him or her at her in her section. Right? It's the way it's supposed to be. Psalm 17:4, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Your words can keep you from the paths of the destroyer. Wow. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law. New Testament believer. Great peace have they which love thy word. And nothing shall offend them. Isn't it awesome when you could live your life and when somebody says something or somebody does something, you won't ever get offended by it. The word will bring you to a place when you fall so much in love with the word. See, you will see how much you've been forgiven. You'll see how he has redeemed your life and nothing that anybody can do will move you off that because it's this place, it's a secret place. God wants that for us. Hallelujah. Man, I could keep going. Hallelujah. I'll finish with this. Matthew chapter 12. Verse, I'm just going to look at verse 37 because if I get into any more of this, we'll be here too late. But it culminates in Matthew 12, 37. Here's the truth. For by your words, you'll be justified. That means justified means you will be pardoned and set free. Do you know your words can pardon you? Do you know you don't need to be pardoned unless you're guilty? So we're talking about when you do the wrong thing, right? Your words can change it, can change the outcome. Many times God will give you a word that you could start speaking that'll restore a relationship, that'll restore things, that'll just put things in motion. God, he just has a way of fixing everything. See, every problem that you've ever created in your life, do you realize that God has already seen it? He's not only, not only sees it, like the behavior you're going to maybe mess up in in a three or four months from now, he's there. And he's, got, he's, he's literally, the Spirit of God is, is, has your answer. So that's why he can always say, I'll always give you the victory. But you got to stop beating yourself up. See, it also says, by your words, you'll be condemned. You'll be sentenced and put into bondage. Now look at the context of this. By your words, you'll be pardoned. Or by your words, you're going to be sentenced. If you've ever had any criminal background, you know most of the people in these scenarios were either going to be pardoned or sentenced most of them have been arrested and are guilty. So I guess you could really say this passage of Scripture is for somebody who's messed up. So when you mess up, realize this. Your words can cause you to be pardoned. What, mean, what does that mean when you're pardoned? That means the effects of what you've done will not affect you anymore and I could tell you when God pardons you which I don't want to show of hands because all we'd have to do is count the people how many of us have been pardoned do you realize you have been pardoned Jesus paid your debt so when you do a behavior when you do something man your words I gotta spend a little time on this 
So, because I'm feeling some things here. So, when you're a husband or when you're a wife and you've spent years speaking and doing the wrong thing in your marriage and your words have been just sentencing you and binding you and your, your marriage relationship is a disaster, you can start speaking the word of God and he could bring you to a place where now you're pardoned. In other words, now your relationship with your wife or your husband, it's as if it never happened. And you could have a healed marriage or with your children or with whatever. Guys, with God, he is life. So the question is, will you put the word of God in your heart? Will you give it first place? Will you, will you, rec will you believe and recognize the reality of it so that you can walk in the benefits of it? Well, I believe I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that are saying, hey, yeah, pastor, right? And here's the thing. We're going to help each other do that because we're a healthy church. And we're all going to finish strong. And we're going to see God move in ways that we've only dreamed about. But we're going to see it, I believe, in the near future. Amen.